hey you, yee you, click the subscribe button. You are listening to the Ill-Advised Wise Guys podcast, starring Uche and QDZ. Yo, 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 we are the Ill-Advised Wise Guys, it's your boy Uche, I got my boy, QDZ, for Sheezy, it's way too easy, aka, Widow's Peak Bandit, uh. aka uh, 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 Daddy Long Legs, aka Papa D Q P whatever. I don't listen. I don't know what you said. <laughs> uh, all I gotta say is this. Remember, Papa I got Q. I got on you about them damn them damn monikers of yours. You got what? one that finally stuck. What Widow's Peak Bandit? No, the, the Daddy Q one. Oh, Daddy Q. <laughs> Sweet Daddy Q. Hey, congratulations! Co- congratulations on fatherhood, sir. I know. I've been I've been MIA for a little bit. Shout out to the gang. We appreciate y'all for pulling up on us. If you're new here, stay a while. If you haven't been here before, stay even longer. We appreciate y'all for pulling up. We actually have a guest on this episode. He is a rapper, entrepreneur, artist, overall cool guy. He's from Detroit, now based in Atlanta. I feel like we know his whole story at this point. He goes by the name of Detroit YB. Say what's up, bro. What up, though? What up, though? Detroit YB in the building. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you feeling, man? How you feeling? You feeling good? Good, man. Kicking it. Chilling. Kicking you know, it. Relaxing on this good Saturday. We'll get into the topics and all that other cool stuff, but um, I've been hearing a lot about these glasses from Detroit called Buffs. I know you know what I'm talking about. Buffs? Yeah, Buffs. He knows what I'm talking about. He's from buffs. Detroit. Like You can call them Buffs. You can call them Yays. Um, you know, you might know them as Cartier's. But those are like the, um, more popular glasses in Detroit, most definitely. I had so, so like, many different pairs. Yeah, oh, so word. like, so like, that's the thing. So like, when wow. you see these rappers and all these people rocking Cartiers, like I've been seeing this this little this that's little the, argument that's the online about imprint. who created it. That's the Detroit imprint for sure. There you go, the Detroit imprint. Because you know, I think I know Royce the Five Nine. Th- think of Roy- when you think five of Royce the Five Nine. He exactly. don't go nowhere without his glasses. <laughs> right, his sunglasses. So, I should have had some yeah. buffs on today, man. Just out of no. respect. I don't know. I don't know about buffs, but I'm gonna give Detroit its props for this thing. What's up, Detroit style pizza? I think oh, yeah. low key, that's the best type of pizza. Better Chicago? I'm asking. I'm asking, bro. I'm better asking. than Chicago. I, I ain't saying. I actually don't like Chicago style pizza. Chicago style pizza is disgusting. To me. Okay, but right. Detroit style pizza, it. Deep I dish. Detroit style pizza. Sure. Deep, deep dish. dish. It's like a deep dish pizza, but like it's it it. Chicago's pizza tastes more like a pie. Yeah, yeah. Detroit style pizza tastes more like a pizza. I hear you. Can I say this real quick? Detroit is on my list of places to go. Like bro, I yo, I want to visit Detroit. Bro, really stop it. What? Stop it. What? No, stop. What? I've been Am saying that for two years, bro. and you've been clowning me. For, why would you? I swear to God, I've been like, yo, I'm trying to go to Detroit. You've been like, why you want to go to Detroit? I've never said that. What are you talking? You he got me confused. Hey, hey guys, Detroit's he's capping for up. the camera. Detroit's you know, on bro. the come up. Like if you if you read on the stuff, like Detroit got a um. I heard. Yeah, that definitely. Like, that's what I downtown. was saying. That's what I was. It's saying. definitely becoming a tourist spot. Definitely. What you want a de- What you want a Detroit style cookie? I want you to stop capping, bro. <laughs> Before we get to uh, you know, get to your background and the t- um, you know, the topics and whatnot, let's get into some church announcements, man. Synagogue, whatever denomination you guys rep. Zero skips the playlist. You know, 
we pushing that real heavy right now. If you guys are into music from indie artists or just rising artists just from around the world, tap into that playlist. It's exclusively on Spotify. We just highlighted a couple different artists um, really this past week. Um, some songs that are really, really fire is a, a girl from, I believe, Atlanta. Her name is Miriam. She dropped a song called Bad Girl. There's another gentleman by the name of John Baptiste. He had a song called John Part Baptiste. Two. Yeah. We added him to the playlist. That song is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a bunch of other songs that we added up there. Y'all make sure to tap in right now. Link in description on Spotify. Go get that. Uh, yeah, check out RatingsGameMusic.com, the best music review site in the world we can confirm that president biden has already confirmed that so you got to run with it uh we got reviews by albums that came out slow tie came out i thought that was a fantastic album uh we got a review by um creed uh creed 3 which dreamville helped curate we got a review of that and then we also got a review of macklemore yes macklemore is still breathing and making music he dropped a new album called Ben. Yes, sir. Now on to the topics. First, we're going to get into is sampling, you know, has it gotten out of control these days? Is it something that artists should stop doing? I'm sure you guys have heard songs that have dropped at least every week at this point from a, from your favorite artist with a sample or reminds you of something that you heard. And yeah, it is a song you heard in the past because that is what it seems like artists are really doing. Um, a lot these days. Is it good? Is it bad? Does it not matter? We're going to get into that discussion is in a little a bit. Is, yeah, is, is it a cheat code? Yeah, is it a cheat code, man? Is it a cheat code? Uh, and then after that, we're going to talk about moguls, hip-hop moguls. Is is that part of the hip-hop game dead? Like, you know, what whatever happened to the Diddy's of the world, the Suge Knight's of the world, the Jermaine Dupri's of the world that not only helped with artist development, mm -hmm. but kind of, you know, put everything on the line to help an artist get to where they need to get to. Yeah. So is is that dead? And does that need to come back, uh, you know, it, for this for this generation of hip hop? And then after that, we're going to get into as a, as a music listener. We all have our favorite artists, but what's that What's that trigger? What's that thing that really gets you to say, you know what, I think this artist can be that next whatever, right? What's that thing that makes you respect an artist at the end of the day? Is it their dedication? Is it their rhyme scheme if they're a dope rapper? Like, what is it that makes you, as a listener, tap into an artist on that major level where you become a fan of somebody? But first, we have to get to know Detroit YB. A little bit more, man. So without further ado, we definitely reviewed one of your songs a few years ago, which we thought was really cool. We've been following your grind, you know, really ever since. So, you know, talk to us a little bit about, you know, that move that you have you referenced a couple of different times from Detroit to Atlanta and how your music career is actually going at the moment, bro. Talk to us. Um, well, the move to Atlanta, it was um, it was a personal decision. Um, I could have went back to college. I was going to Michigan State University at the time, or mm -hmm. I could have went to Atlanta and pursued my music career, which is which is the one I actually chose. But um, during that time, I had to go back home. I was going to Michigan State, but I had to go back home because my brother he was going through a situation. He had brain aneurysm, so I basically went to go and check on him, and you know, going to and from back and from Atlanta, and just making sure he's good and you know, taking care of my mom and, and my siblings because um, I was really like the head of the house at the time. My mom was like, basically like, you know, we'll be good here. You know, you can just go do what you need to do. You know what I'm saying? We'll be good. 
You can go to Atlanta if you want to, or whatever the case may be. And that's what I decided. You know, I had um, my uncle here, my stepfather, his father, my stepfather's brother. Um, my stepfather ended up passing away. Yeah, um, I had his brother was in Atlanta, so he had like connections to Ludacris manager, and I was talking to Ludacris manager at the time. So um, we were just discussing things and my transition from there to here. So when I got down here, I just kind of settled. Um, it was a little uncomfortable for me. I never been been anywhere other than well, I went to Chicago, but I never went to go live anywhere other than Michigan. Yeah, um, that's that's that was my transition to Atlanta. Um, as far as the music career, it's going good. You know, yeah, just um, being my own boss, doing the things that I want to do. I'm not gonna lie, you you said a lot that could probably go in a movie. Like, I don't know if you plan <laughs> to do like a documentary on yourself. <laughs> no, nah, real talk. Like, that's no, that's that's a, that's, a, that's a story, story that like I think one day, and I guess. Clearly, you get an opportunity to do that right now, but uh, you know that's that's one of the things that one day even your fans are gonna look back and be like, "Yo, listen, that's why I rock with Detroit." Like, look, he went through that, he got through it, so I can too. You know, like, is the do you think about that when you making music? Like, as far as like what you've been through that journey and and what you choose to say in your music because you actually have listeners who can learn from the stuff that you've gone through. Is that is that do you think about that? Yeah, uh, definitely a lot nowadays than, you know, in the past. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm just speaking truth and just mm -hmm. being true to myself. You said you took that move from Michigan to Atlanta. What was like one of the first couple of things that you did once you got to Atlanta to, to jumpstart your career? I feel like as an artist, you, you go through different phases. You know, coming up, I was a, a fan of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? At first, I was doing beats. So I just loved beats. You feel me? I, I don't, it really didn't matter with the lyrics as far as coming up. So I was always a beat man. And when I got into rapping, it was all it was all about the lyrics and you know how can you you can be versatile? Can you can you do this? Can you do that? What's your delivery like? Mm. Now it's just just trying to be independent and set my own standards. You know, and not mm. like succumb to the standards of this industry. When I first came to Atlanta, you know, I wanted to be. I wanted to get signed, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to get signed to somebody, but I wanted it to be right. My first uh, meetings with a label was actually Rock Nation, you know, and oh, I went wow. to, um, wow. Wow. I went, it was back in 2013. I had went to New York. It was through a middleman. He had uh, found one of my singles. I was doing a lot of promo online and a dude, he, he, he found one of my songs. He loved it. And he was just basically like, I can get you this meeting with Rock Nation. So I got my ticket to New York and, um, at the time, I met with, I don't know if you guys know Lenny Santiago. And we, we went through the music or whatever. And he was basically um, asking me, like, what my, what was my business plan? Like, what did my business structure look like five years from now? And to be honest, I didn't have a business structure. I was just, I just love music. I just wanted to make music. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, just, I was you just there. That, you ain't thinking that for Y'all was supposed to tell me the business structure. I'm just here, nigga. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? That was my mindset back then. You feel me? And then it, it made me think like, dang, like I really don't really have a business structure. I just like to make music type stuff. And so he basically was just like, um, we're gonna we're gonna keep, you know, watching whatever. He gave me his card. Um the middle the dude that kinda put me on, he was kinda put me he, I kind of like looked at it as a like a little slight finesse because he was trying to put me in position just to be on the roster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they was going to come and check the music and stuff. But to be on the roster, I had to pay like a little fee. Like probably, I think it was like around 1500 at the time. And, you know, a young nigga that like, wanted to be in the <laughs> game and, you know, want to be under Jay-Z. 
a nigga like me wanted to do that, you know what I'm saying? And I was mm-hmm. going to do that until, you know, I actually researched, you know, what I was really putting myself into. You know, during time, I, like, kind of learned, like, dang, like, I can't really be putting my music out if I ain't got a copyright. You know what I'm saying? I can't be really giving my music out if, mm-hmm. you know, if it ain't completely done, if it ain't completely mixed and mastered, you know what I'm saying? I didn't even really have all the songs mixed and mastered when I went to go showcase all of my music. So I just had to learn a lot um, about the industry and uh, maybe that's not a good idea, you know what I'm saying? Maybe they'll use it or, you know, I don't know what they'll do with the music type stuff. Maybe they give it to one of their artists. Who knows, you feel me? But in my mindset, I just wanted to move smarter and more independently. You know, so like I said, um, my past, it changed over time. And, and, you know, when I came to Atlanta, um, I did want to get into a deal. I wanted to make sure it was structured to where it was in my benefit. Um, shows in Detroit, I would do not as much. But when I got down here, I was doing at least more than 30 shows a year. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Just, wow. you know, networking, going to different spots. And that's how, like, you learn, like, the game and how things, how, how the motion is around here. From you, you know, having to navigate in Atlanta, having to navigate the personalities you meet and the different people, like you said, the promoters. There's a bunch of people you're encountering that you you don't really know their true intentions, but you have to actually go get the information. How important Mm -hmm. was it to create a brand in terms of like a clothing line to even represent that that notion, you know? Oh, it was very important, especially because that's that's basically my life. Um, Even growing up as a kid, bro, um, I didn't have my father. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just me and my mom at a certain point of time, and I was growing up with my grandparents. But then my mom ended up having a um, husband, so that was my stepfather. To be honest, I was in a kid's mindset back then to where I didn't, I felt like an outcast that was, you know, had a different father. You know what I'm saying? So I put my mindset to where I was an outcast, where I shouldn't have did that, but I was a kid. So it just made me go my own way. It made me teach my, myself things, you know, even even though I had a father figure, here, the um, kid in me was so rebellious on, on, on the fact that I didn't have my real father. It, it made it, it kind of messed up uh, me learning more from that man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Until he passed away, and it's like once you lose that, you learn like, dang, I just lost a, a, a good navigational system that could have taught me so much more. You know what I'm saying? So I always went my own way. I just taught myself how to do a lot of things. I taught myself how to play basketball. Taught myself how to talk to girls. You know, taught myself how to do just everything, bro, to be honest with you. So that's just basically where that mindset came from, just to go research and, and learn for myself. Because I'm a risk taker. I, I take a lot of risk. I do. There's some. There's something called calculated risk. No, I mean, there's something yeah, called calculated. calculated risk. Like, yeah. last question I'm going to ask is um, with risks and all that stuff we're talking about, like, there has to be a moment where, you know, you may have started to doubt yourself, like... You know, was there was there ever a moment like where you were like, I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't know if, you know, hip hop is for me. You know, if there's a future there, like, was there ever any moment that that hit hit for you? Most definitely, bro. That's and you're right on point. You know what I'm saying? Um, to be honest, from my perspective, bro, the industry is a very evil place. And I had to, you know, learning that and, you know, being put in different positions made me learn that. Um, I, I went to L.A. for a year. And um, in that year, I took off. I took a like a year off kind of music because I didn't know where I was actually gonna go or you know what my ending was gonna be in this industry because mm. I just saw how like like the industry was moving, how they was dealing with certain artists. The artists was 
you know, not getting they, they just do, not getting their money. And I had to um, really understand what will be my main um, purpose in this game. What, what, what will be the purpose of me actually doing music and, you know, pursuing it? Like, is it just to get a record label? Is it just to get money? Is it just to, you know what I'm saying? I had to learn that purpose, you know, putting a message out, being the uh, voice of the voices, like speaking truth where people will, will be scared to speak truth because they'd be scared to be back um, blackballed from the industry. No, um, God can be my manager. God God dictates what happens into my life and what doors open and close, not no human being, you feel me? So that's how I had to look at the situation. And, you know, now I just, you know, want to just do it independently. He he on point, man. Like, he, like he, he inspirational. On... Facts. But um, should we get started? Yeah, let's start the show. All right, let's, let's do get it. started. First real topic. Yeah, yeah. I came to Uche with this topic because I heard Don Tolliver's new album. And one of the singles off of Don Tolliver's album is For Me with Kalis Uches, which is his girlfriend, apparently, right? And for me, I was like, yo, I rock with this joint. This song is really tight. But then at the same time, I was like, do I like this song? Because it sounds like Beanie Man and Maya's Girls Damn Sugar. Mm -hmm. Or do I just like it because of what Don Tolliver and Kellis Uchis was able to do on the song? I came to the conclusion, I like it because I like Girls Damn Sugar. <laughs> but, you know... Girls Damn Sugar came out about 2001. So there's a lot of like young listeners that don't even know what Girls Damn Sugar is. So guess what? Don Tolliver and Kellis Uches actually gets credit for the song when, in my opinion, Beanie Man should be getting credit. All in all, though I think it's tight from a nostalgic standpoint, I feel like sampling has gotten a little overboard. It's a cheat code for some people. Some people are getting hit records based off of the backs of the samples that they have on the songs. First first class being another one. Mm -hmm. Jack Harlow. Most people like first class because of the hook. Right. Which is Fergie. Right. So he's getting a number one hit on Billboard, but did he deserve the number one hit? What what do you think about that? About sampling? I mean look, you know? I'm gonna be real with you guys. Uh I'm conflicted. Sampling is at the heart of I think music. Yeah. Period. I don't think there's any way around it. It ain't going to stop. We just got to deal with it. It's really that simple. Now, with that being said, I believe there's a way to sample tastefully. Mm. And there's a way to do it distastefully. Uh, now, the example that you just gave, because that's a good example, mm -hmm. with the Don Tolliver, Be Beanie Man, Girls, Them Sugar. Yeah. I personally don't like the way that they did that song. Yeah. Because, bro, it was a cover as far as I'm concerned. If you guys know what a cover is, it's somebody taking the original song, the melody, the hook, I'm sorry, the, the words, the songwriting, the, the way they performed it, and literally just singing over and interpolating the exact same song. With that being said, that's how I view that performance. Mm. Callie Uchis didn't do anything except sing <laughs> what Maya sang. Yeah. She ain't sing, she sang it in the same note. She yeah. sang the same words. That's true. And it's like, I believe that's a lazy way to do it, respectfully. They also had the other song, too. There's a bunch of them he has. Um, baby, take your time, do it right. Yes, you can yes. Do it, baby. Do it, too. Do it, too. Do it right. The Do It Right yeah. song. I like the song. It's, it's dope. But once again, sampled it. I give, you a perfect, I give you another example of somebody who did it more recently that I think was a decent job. Beyonce, the Cuff It remix. 
Mm. Oh, she did Twister. She did Twister Wetter. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we're clearly living in this age right now where sampling is just, it's the thing. Like, everybody mm. is sampling. Like, it's almost like even up and coming artists. You got to take a, a song from back in your childhood, mm. flip it, make another joint off of it so that people can relate to it. And I think mm. th- the sad part about it is it dilutes the creativity. It makes it so that people don't necessarily have to really give their all in the studio and come up with these abstract concepts new ideas that people can rock with rather they're gonna be like yo hey just go get the flip the sample that we all are familiar with it's like an automatic win it is a it is a cheat code there's no other way to put it it's an automatic win beyonce definitely i think tastefully did the 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 cuffy remix where she flipped it because she added her own flavor to it Mm. and i think at the end of the day if you add your own flavor to a sample where yes i think of the original song but I feel like you added another dynamic to it, whether it was a new hook, a new mm-hmm. melody. You changed up. You got into a different pocket. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are the samples or performances that I feel like people do tastefully. But like, mm-hmm. I'm not with this whole era right now that's mm-hmm. happening within the last, really the last couple of months mm-hmm. where people Take, are just taking, taking, taking old song. songs. Yeah. I mean, Ice Spice is doing it. She did what Gangsta Boo with T, uh, T, little TJ. Yeah, they yeah. took um, I need a, I need a man, I need a girl. Yeah, yeah by Mario Wines yeah, yeah, and Diddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, sampling it's not gonna go away. We gotta get used to it. If you, if you, if you got an issue with it, but I think there's a tasteful way to do it, and there's a distasteful way to do it. It's really that simple. What you think, YB? Oh, like you said, it's um diluting the creativity. In my opinion, it's like it's like the growth. It's like the ghost writing a beat. You know what I'm saying? It give you a blueprint of to. It, it's to give you a blueprint of how you want the song to be. You know what I'm saying? And it, it makes it easier. Sampling is cool. I love sampling. Like you know what I'm saying? I, I like to sample sometimes, but not as much. You yeah. feel me? Not too much on it. Like show show me what you could do. Show me what your skill is and how you put this together. It's mm-hmm. you know being a good artist too is producing good records. You can produce a good record. You mm-hmm. that that's like a you know cool points you feel me so it's people are sampling songs that we actually remember when they came out like i need a girl i remember when i need a girl came out mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like i need a girl part two i need a girl part two yeah like you know i actually remember when that came out because you said sampling is not new puff daddy in the family right the sample king the king <laughs> said the sample king <laughs> Like, like nigga, he, ju- was sample, bruh, he was juicy big sampling, bro. These are all samples, off. yeah, F- like familiar samples. Yeah, seriously, familiar for sam- but, but, people who for are a older, older people. Yeah, exactly. Diddy, Diddy is sam- Diddy, Diddy is still sampling to this day. <laughs> Diddy, sam- <laughs> Diddy, Diddy sample <laughs> everything. I don't care what you say. Diddy <laughs> sample everything, bro. <laughs> everything, bro. Diddy get Diddy, so Diddy make Diddy make King Kong sample all his stuff and all everybody under bad boys. Bro, <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Every Yo, what's the song? Hey, hey, what's the hey, hey, what's the song? What's the song with King King, King Combs and uh, Kodak? Kodak Black? What's the joint? Um, what's the joint they sample? Uh, don't stop, can't stop, won't. Well, that's that. That's Diddy. That's Diddy's. In that Diddy song. That's Diddy's. Yeah, that's Diddy's song. That's Diddy's song. You damn right. Diddy sampled. Diddy. He's sampling the song Diddy sampled. He's got a fresh haircut every time I see him. But I've not heard a song by King Combs that was original. Mm. Like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, but about. can we be real? Is his style even original? He he, he acts like, like Diddy. He sounds like Mace. He that's, acts like his dad. Like Mini Diddy. 
That's many Diddy. He acts, bro. That's Diddy reincarnated. He sounds Stop like Mace. Rapping bro, every time you like see Mace. King Combs, that's actually a ghost of Diddy. <laughs> just, ghost just, of Diddy. just letting you know. But I mean, but like I said, like when they were doing <laughs> it back in the nineties, I thought it was fire. You know why? Because they were sampling old school, like record player, The Temptations, and like Gladys Knight and stuff like that. That's dope. Cool songs that were Sample like that. twenty, but twenty to thirty years. I'm not trying prior. to. I think somebody recently sampled a Drake song, Lil Baby. Oh, Lil yeah, Baby Lil on Baby um sampled the joint with him and Jay Z, Drake and Jay Z. Pound cake, pound cake. They sampled pound cake on that um so in I'm a minute. Like, it was in a minute. In a minute. So I'm just like, yo, like that's weird because I grew up, I knew when that song came out, but like that's I don't know. Is that a just us getting old? You know what I'm saying? I like, think so. It's a little bit of that. Should it stop? No. <laughs> Music. How can you... Bro, think about it. And and look, producers will know this way more than I would. Like an actual record. But then, bro, they take... They making beat packs, creating sounds from elements of other songs. Yep. Right? Oh, of course. And of so, course, like, what, what happens a lot is <laughs> you, you took a beat pack from the 80s, maybe a drum kit, mixed that with a 2000s drum kit. Yeah, that might be not what we would consider a sample. But at the end of the day, they're ref- they're taking from the past yep. and that's refreshing re- it. That's called refurbishing. Yeah, call it whatever you want. Most bro. definitely, it's a <laughs> lot. It it's a want. lot of producers that's doing that too. It's a lot of producers that's not making like the yeah. actual beat. Like to be a real producer, you have yeah. to actually make the beat and you know loop it and stuff like that. Like it's people that's taking like what you said from different beat packs and recreating that right. from the different beat packs. Like recycling beats. Wow. I mean, recycling it's like it, it's like zero. Cre- I mean, in reality, again, lack of creativity in a way. Big you, facts. You could say that because they not, they not really creating the sound. Yeah. But it does take some skill. We can we can't act like it don't take skill to put together the sound and make it sound good. That's an art. It takes. Skill. That's an art. That's why people like Diddy who who have they don't they don't get on the boards where they actually are pressing keys and whatnot mm-hmm. even kanye mm-hmm. notorious for having multiple engineers producers mm-hmm. make his beats for him mm-hmm. but he's just telling him the, the, the ideas yeah. it takes that vision mm-hmm. to be able to say yo put that sound right there put that sound right there that's the thing right and not yeah. everybody has that skill this is called <laughs> ill-advised wise guys right? let's talk let's talk this is called ill-advised wise guys we we allowed to be a little ill-advised i just don't appreciate hearing these songs being sampled by mediocre artists. That's the problem. Who you trying to name names? I'm not gonna name no names. Name, name some names since you get advised today, bro. There's a there's there's a there's a song I have in mind. I'm just not gonna say it. But the sampled song is ten times better than the sample. The sample. But won't it always be like that? No, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> like Shaka Khan uh, through the wire. She wasn't Kanye elevated. Saka Khan's All right. sample. Let me let for me through the wire. You're right. Let me rephrase that. Not always. Or whatever that song, Lauren Hill, the uh, when it all falls yeah, yeah, yeah. down. But you're right. I shouldn't say always. But what I should say, won't it be like that the vast majority of the time? That the sample. Yeah, because the, they cut. The they're taking a classic, something people have already deemed a uh, classic. It's in the culture for 20, 10, 20 years. Versus a song we just heard, like the song just came out. You, you think we're gonna say it's no, better than the original? Some people can do it better. I, I swear, some some people can do it better. What I wonder though is like even like why be from like a from like an artist perspective. You know, I know how you feel about sampling, but like the next artist might say, "Nah, bro, like give me that sample. I'm about to use that, and I'm flipping that. Like, what the fuck? I don't give a fuck what y'all talking about. Like, does that?" 
do you feel like that that gives these artists like a one up? I don't want to say jealousy, but kind of like, man, look at this, look, look at this clown. Look at that. They ain't even putting in the work to 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 create a fresh sound. <laughs> do you got you got any feelings towards them? No, I really don't. Talk, be real. No, I really don't. Um to each his own, right. you know what I'm saying? If that's, what, if that's the route you want to you, do. You, you're, you're a good man. I'm you're a, a good man. You know what I'm saying? Do your thing. <laughs> you do your thing. I ain't tripping. To each his own. Hey, Jay-Z once famously said, you made, to about Nas, right? Yeah. You made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. Mm. Right? So that's what's going on, right? He did say that. Uh, next topic. You know, is the hip-hop or music mogul dead? Mm. Dead? Like dead? I don't mean dead literally. I mean dead figuratively. Is it something that is outdated, right? Like back in the day, we can think of artists, I'm sorry, moguls such as Diddy. We spoke about him just, you know, a couple minutes ago. Dre. Dr. I would Dre, Dre in there. Suge Knight. J- Jermaine Dupree. Jermaine Dupree. Uh, Birdman. Um, Rick Ross even Luke. to more. to more. He, I would consider him more Maybe. of a recent mogul probably. Yeah, yeah. Luke. I would say Luke Campbell was a big one. Right, right. I mean, there's a lot of them, right? And so, is that? And really, what it is is like you see these. I would say moguls create these brands, have a bunch of artists under them that are successful artists. Is that something that's completely died out? And if it has died out, does is that have any effect on you know the industry and the music that we're actually hearing? Um, I wouldn't say it completely died out. Um, probably simmered down. Um, because it's always going to be um, people that's going to try to put other people on, you know what I'm saying, in this game. So it's um has has right. the structure of it died, yeah, because it's like they don't teach, you know, like we said before, how to do actual performances, like how to actually perform or how to actually conduct yourself in an interview. You know, like you don't have that structure within the record label anymore. It's just like, oh, you make good music, okay, we're gonna put you out there. Uh, we're gonna put you on different platforms. We're gonna just, you know, we're going to put gimmicks out. We're going to make you a gimmick, gimmicky artist, people that. It's just how you do it, really. You know, Rick Ross, um, like you said, like, I liked how his blueprint was at first. I don't know how he's doing things now, it's, but I liked how he, you know, came out and put his artists on first, you know, and gave him a platform. And, you know what I'm saying? He, he kind of structured that that group, you know, the MMG group. So I liked how he did it. I like how Nipsey did it when he was here. He, he tried his best to put his, his little artists on. So it's just how you look at certain things, you know what I'm saying? They, it's, it's still moguls out here. It's just how you do it, you feel me, in my opinion. Because the, the, the art of being a mogul is not going to go away. People going to be moguls, mm-hmm. right? But it's like th- being a visible one, mm-hmm. becoming such a visible mogul where you repping a brand, is that something that still exists? And do pe- people even take pride in that anymore? That used to, be, that used to mean something, you know, mm-hmm. like when – you know, Rick Ross or you said Nipsey, who I think was even on the cusp of starting his Man, ascension of Nipsey as a, as a mogul, right? He hadn't even really started it. It Nipsey was like, was it, it to just took it off. off. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So yeah. it is that. Cause he was, cause like, to be honest, he was introducing is, the independent route in my eyes. He was introducing the independent route Nipsey. So thank you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know, exactly. I know we had before, I know we had like Master P and stuff like that. But they, they was actually getting yeah. distribution deals and just getting a higher percentage literally from that distribution deal. And that's what made him kind of independent. But Nipsey was trying to literally do his own way until kind of he I don't know his real situation with Atlantic, but um from what from you know his coming up, he was really trying to do it his way. So, so that's where I got kind of that, that blueprint from. 
I remember I remember the stories. I heard multiple interviews with Nipsey. He was he would always talk about that independent mm-hmm. the independence, the importance of it to him. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in even, you know, where people thought he was quote unquote selling out, where he ultimately partnered with Atlantic. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. What what he explained was that he did a licensing deal with them. Right. Right. So it's like mm. Well, essentially what that means is probably people way smarter than me who could explain this but basically like you're not giving over ownership for the rest of your life it's just a certain term deal mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. two three years i'm gonna let y'all eat maybe a higher percentage than i would for this stretch y'all gonna help me with promotion y'all gonna help me create my brand get it way bigger mm-hmm. and then after that three years i retain my ownership because i'm the owner mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you see what I'm saying? There's different ways to do deals. And I think Nipsey was actually one of them dudes who was actually putting on and really explaining things for people to understand. But yeah, he was probably one of the moguls. But I mean, what do you think, and though? Nip was doing like a la carte deals. Like Nip was <laughs> like, yo, I'm going to do this deal with Adidas. I'm going to do this deal with Atlantic. I'm going to do this deal with, you know, such and such. He was tapping into like the a la carte route. And like it's it's it sucks because... Right before he passed, I feel like he figured out the answers to the test, and he was just about to show the world how you know to get this money because he kept talking about it. Yo, but them a la carte deals, them a la carte deals is popular these days. Instead of like one major label or something sourcing out everything for you, Mm -hmm. you're going individually. I'm going to source my things out from a marketing team. I source my things out from you know uh, uh, distribution. I'm gonna source my things out from etc. I got you. you. Instead of a one-stop shop. Instead of a one-stop shop, you're going one by one. But here's how I feel about the the whole mogul, you know, convo is that like kind of what YB was saying, artist development, you know, I feel like the mogul was teaching people like back, especially back then, like (laughs) Diddy went out there and was a full-blown artist. Yeah. He led by example. You know, even though he wasn't the best artist, he led by example and was kind of like telling people, this is how you should do your thing. This is how you should do it. Right. You know, and this is how you make money, you know, to, to the artists. And a lot of them didn't even know at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. That to me, I feel like it's kind of gone. And then Diddy, if you look at, think about making a band, Diddy was pretty much molding the artist. This is what you do best. This is what you do best. This is how we're going to come together. This is who I think should fit on your song. I don't know if that's going on right now. Like, is that going on? Because doesn't it feel like the same persons on people are on the same albums? Every single album has Lil Baby. Every single album has Kodak Black. Every single album has uh, Don Toller. And now, and now, now, nowadays, if you were if you were trap, quote unquote trap mm -hmm. rapper, you gotta have Nardo Wick. Now Nardo Wick. You gotta get Nardo Wick. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's more so. It's more so chasing like a. A clout, like you're trying to get as much streams as possible. Mm. These people are getting a lot of streams, so it's like, how can my song get streams? Mm. Let me put Kodak Black on there. Let me put Little Baby on there. Everybody listen to mm. Little Baby. My song gonna get in rotation somehow. You know what I'm saying? Back then we didn't have streams, so it's like you literally had to go off creativity and go off people's like an actual how fan can base. I make exactly. How can I make the best song? And I feel like the Diddy's, the Dre's, the uh. The, uh, maybe Shook Knight to a lesser extent, but like those people of the world were focusing on that, right? The creativity. Because, but but let me ask you this, YB, even though you're chasing streams, right? 
are those the people that are actually winning? Because, like, if you look at two weeks ago, Yeet came out. You know, Yeet, I don't know if you're familiar with Yeet. I heard of him. But, um, you know, Yeet, right? And then Don Tolliver came out. Don Tolliver had, you know, the clout. Everybody's backing him. Like, everybody's worked with Don Tolliver. Yeet is kind of just doing his own thing. Yeet outsold Don Tolliver. Like, look like Yeet has, a, of, look like Yeet has a, a cult fan base. He has a cold fan base, right? Definitely. Mm-hmm. So my question is, does it work to be chasing streams? Like, does it work? No, it doesn't. No, I mean, but I don't think it does. In my opinion. Good. So, like, at the yeah. end of the day, it it actually helps to be organic and to be creative. You know what I'm saying? It may not seem like it. Yeah, because the real the Twitter won't tell you it works. You know what I'm saying? You can still make timeless music. You know what I'm saying? If you make timeless music, like people can catch on to that, you know what I'm saying? That that can catch on and mm-hmm. and it's just all about timeless music, bro. If you okay, if you make just music just for temporary reasons, this going it's gonna go viral temporarily, but it's gonna die down. And people not gonna yeah. really mm-hmm. stream it as much no more because people mm-hmm. is past that is me on to the next thing. You feel me? If you have timeless Absolutely. music, it's gonna always stream. Just look look at Aaliyah music mm-hmm. or, you know, people back in the day that still Tupac still streaming to this they put his Tupac, his, his, yeah. his estate put his, his music out, they still streaming that to this day. I'm sure they getting yeah. you know, still getting paychecks off of that. So it's all yeah, about making time as music, sure. bro. I'll say this though, because you bring up I would say some I would say like Examples that like we, I think most people will agree with are timeless because these are legends, bro. Like Tupac, are you kidding me? Aaliyah, <laughs> like they legends, legends, right? <laughs> Lil Yachty just dropped an album that sold, I guess, what thirty some k first week. I'm somebody who don't really like to even get into the first week debate. There's also <laughs> that aspect of making music that is not just for the moment, <laughs> like. What I what you would call not necessarily timeless, but it's not based in today, right? Like, mm-hmm. in my opinion, I think Yachty's last album mm-hmm. is something that you can actually play, not just based on the fact that they rolled out an album last month. Mm-hmm. This is something that you can play six months from now, yeah, and yeah. it'll still sound good for sure. It's something you can play a year from for now, sure. and it can still sound good. Sure. I'm not quite calling it timeless, but I'm saying it's not for the moment. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. So for sure, for sure, most people are not going to call Yachty's music timeless at all because it's mm-hmm. probably not even appropriate. But what I'm trying to say is like, there's a space for people that make music that's not for the moment at all. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But still get them streams and still try to build that um that that base, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You just got to make good music, man. At the end of the day, I feel like I I, I don't even know if you got to make good music. I think you not? just got to be kind of like what you said, true to yourself. And then also, I just think you got to have a plan. Almost going like that's what I loved about what you said earlier about the business plan, right? I think you just gotta have a plan, and not enough artists today have a plan. Yeah, have that's a marketing have, a, have, <laughs> like, a, have a have a marketing strategy, have a marketing plan you know a marketing behind strategy, your music. You know yeah. So even for us, like I think we met on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not mistaken, it was either Twitter, or Instagram, how we connected. Yeah. Like if I'm not mistaken, yeah. so that's why it's like. I think we were like, yo, we reviewing music, bro. He submitted this song and then that we connected. Yeah. Even something like that, in reality, YB could have been on a on a on a promo tour with that song and be like, yo, I'm sending this to mad brands. And I don't even think artists 
like that are on the come up even think that far. They just like, yo, I put this song out. Why y'all not listening? listening? Why y'all not listening? Why they not <laughs> listening? Yo, where are they exactly. at? Yo, like, wait, wait, are they exactly. check? Yo, they checking exactly. the Spotify numbers. Like, wait, I got exactly. five more streams. Exactly. Damn, where the hell and the then people you at? Start throwing it to you know. You, you got to be start, a plan with it. You just start now. You just don't got a plan. Now you panic. Now you're in panic mode. Now you feel like you don't want to do it anymore because nobody do it no more. You in panic mode. I gotta, I gotta, you know, <laughs> link up with these people. But that's where I'm like the mogul comes in, you know, somebody to tell you if you don't know already, like if you have not done the research, mm. somebody to tell you like, yo, this is a, an appropriate way to go about it. I think that part is gone. I I don't think necessarily to start out you gotta have a mogul. I don't think so. But like when you reach to a certain point, like you popping, like Ice Spice, Ice Spice right now is she's there, she's popping. Now we paying attention. I think now she needs a mogul. She needs somebody to tell her what the next steps. Are. I said this earlier before we recorded, and maybe we can hop to the next topic after this, mm-hmm. or shortly after. But like, I don't think people give J Cole enough respect mm-hmm. for his mogul ways. He don't look like a mogul, which you would consider one, because he's not loud about it. You know what I'm saying? He He's very unassuming. Mm-hmm. But very slowly, very quietly, he has built a label. He's built a brand. He's built ancillary brands around his label. Dreamville Fest is one, mm-hmm. right? It's a, it's a like... But even he's not doing it by himself, though. I'm, of course. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. saying. Do but, we... but, but none of the, but, but none of the moguls saying. are doing it by themselves. No, I know. Do we know the specifics though, what's as up? far as his label and the deals and and what's around that? Like, what what move? So, like, how much mo- how much motion do he have under the Rock Nation label? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really exactly. what it is. You feel me? Because so, he's still under Rock Nation as a whole. You know what I'm saying? Dream Steel is still under Rock Nation. So what is it like? So what is I it see- that make him a mogul? Is my question. You know how, for example, like a lot of these artists, right? And Rick Ross is a good example. Mm-hmm. And I'll go back to J. Cole in a sec. Mm-hmm. Rick Ross, as a solo artist, mm-hmm. right, has a deal with said label. I believe it was Def Jam, right? Mm-hmm. But his MMG label I think it's epic. I think is it's epic. distributed. Epic. Here's one of them. It's one of them. But like his his MMG brand where he signs all of his artists is with another label. Mm-hmm. So like there's a separation of, mm-hmm. of um catalog, if you will. Mm-hmm. And J. Cole's doing the exact same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like he has his Dreamville, I think through Interscope. He has his solo career through Rock Nation and whatever it is they do mm-hmm. when he puts out his own music. So what I'm trying to say is like, I don't know exactly what he does on a day-to-day basis. I'm not there. What I know is that J. Cole clearly has established a brand. Mm-hmm. He's running it with his boys. Yeah. Just yeah. like LeBron and how they, you know, yeah. him and his Maverick Carter. Yeah. Like he's yeah. running it with his boys yeah. and he's putting on other artists. But you know, that they all ha- are, are, in my opinion, I wouldn't musically say he's putting inclined. them on, though. I wouldn't say he's putting them on. You wouldn't on. say J. You wouldn't I say, would J. say Cole J. Cole put on is leading by example. J.I.D.? You wouldn't I would, say J. J. Cole J. put, put on, on J.I.D. I think J.I.D. is just so good. Like, J.I.D. is, he's maybe signed to J. Cole. Maybe J. Cole gave him an opportunity. But, like, I think J.I.D. put on J.I.D. Look, I'm not you know saying, I'm saying. I don't not, think J. Cole has anything to do. With the music JID releases, I wouldn't know that. I, I and you would. I, I think. I said. See, see, that's the thing. That's I don't want. I'm not trying to compare him to like let's say Diddy because we know what Diddy has done. Diddy was chewing. Wise. Diddy was chewing people out. 
Exactly. <laughs> Diddy was like, yo, your song sucks. Like, you got to go back. But what I think, I think, I think J. Cole is probably, like, if he's not at that level of what Diddy and all these other people, Dr. Dre is probably another good example. Oh, Dr. Dre, right? you got to do the verse you over gotta, and over exactly. again. Like, you heard the stories about what yeah, he did to Kendrick yeah. early on, even exactly, Eminem exactly. and such. He and molded, like, but you see, that's my point. I understand like, that. Dr. Dre molded Kendrick Lamar or helped mold him to who he was. It was Dr. Dre. I got I to gotta be real. He did it with Eminem. Hey, he n- did it with okay. 50 Cent. Here's, here's what I was... Like, we don't have that. Here's what I'll say, though. Here's what I'll say. I, I'm with you on... If J. Cole's not one, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'll just say, like, out of the new school, mm-hmm. he's the only real, like, mainstream artist that I see that's really putting on, at least having other artists within mm-hmm. his brand. But that's besides the point. You know what the bigger point is? Mm-hmm. All of them people we mentioned are producers. True. Diddy's a producer. J-, J. Cole's a producer. J. Cole's a producer. I feel like it's a producer has that like innate ability to put other people on to figure out what people sound like. Oh, go 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 write a verse like this. You know, go do a song with this. Like as a rapper, is it really something that's easy to do? You know what I'm saying? Don't you kind of have to have an ear for music at at another level? I mean, you gotta if you had, if you had J Cole's level, you gotta have some sort of ear for music. Like I think, like I said, I just think J Cole J Cole's the Durant of this situation. J Cole leads by example. He's just that good a rapper. You want to be like him? I just, I'm not there, <laughs> so it's hard to say what's happening behind the scenes. Like I don't I don't know what he told JID. Who? So even when you say I don't think he, I, I don't even know. All I know is. Before before I heard JID, when I heard JID, it was mm-hmm. through Cole. I never heard of JID. I'm sure he was popping in Atlanta and popping like other places, but mm-hmm. I'm saying on that mass level, or I'm sorry, who's to say J. Cole didn't give him like, I don't know. I mean, hey, I do this, assume. rap on this, rap like this, do I that. Know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, bro. Uh, next topic though, man, because I think that was a good debate. This is probably one that maybe is a, is a good segue anyway, because it's like at the end of the day, when you listen to music, Right. As a listener, what is that thing that really makes you connect with an artist? What's that thing that really makes you say, damn, man, this artist, I respect this is why I respect them. This is why I like them. It's because of this. I'm going to kick this to you because I think you 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 wanted to discuss this first. But I mean, what are some things that make you connect? I'm big on two things. Well, three things now, like now that, uh, you know, YB. You know, when he mentioned a business plan, (laughs) if an artist has a business plan, I respect that. But to me, versatility, versatility is the number one thing that I respect from an artist. I used to always love back in the day, like artists, especially hip hop artists like ODB. ODB was making, you know, gangster New York music with Wu-Tang Clan. But then ODB can also hop on a Mariah Carey song. You know what I'm saying? Like, ODB, if you think about it, you're like, yo, how the hell did ODB fit on a Mariah Carey song? That, to me, in my opinion, was when ODB got his major respect. Versatility is one. Mm -hmm. Two is business plan. (laughs) You added that one? I swear. That one's added? Is it there? All right, cool. Business plan. (laughs) And then for me, how serious do you take your discography? You know, like, especially with ratings game music, you know, I get to see kind of everybody's Spotify profile page, right? And I get to see, like, yo, did this person, how many songs did this person release? You know, how many albums did they release? And sometimes you come across people's discography and it's very, very calculated. Yes. One or two singles here and there. Like promo singles. You know what I'm saying? Like it. You start to look and say, okay, their debut album, concept album. If they're featuring on people's songs, like who are they featuring on? Does it fit? 
do they do their thing on those features? So for me, discography, business plan, versatility. And, you know, with Kendrick Lamar, I think Kendrick Lamar has probably one of the best discographies in hip hop, probably hip hop history. The only blemish I have for Kendrick Lamar's discography, and it's not his fault, is people call Section 80 an album, his first debut album. That's the only thing. I just, got, I just just have a bad taste in my mouth that they call Section 80 his first album. Because like if he started his album with Good Kid, Mad City, his discography is flawless. Do you consider Untitled Unmastered an album? No, hell no. That's a that's a <laughs> compilation <laughs> tape. He released it. He released it. That's an hey, you, know you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, people consider that. People, people, people consider that as an album. Like some people do consider that. What you say? Would you say like his third album? Like, no, I can't. I say I call it like a little compilation album. Like, I, like, that's because you don't want to count. You don't want to count. Okay. It. I didn't really like that album, but yeah, yeah, yeah. When somebody number one, when somebody's discography is on point, yeah. Like it's calculated. It's they're careful with it. They're fragile with it. It reads kind of like a book. I love that. So I'm not gonna favorite. lie. Listen, as to piggyback all that real quick, and mm. I'm gonna kick this over to you, YB. Yo, one of the things I love about artists mm. is going on their Spotify profile, mm. reading the bio, and seeing whether or not I can connect directly to their social media. I promise you. When <laughs> you give artists, respect for that, you give respect, or are you just saying? You just, no, I just love it. Like I, 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 I okay. it lets me know the type of artist they are. Like mm. their their profile. I know. It don't, I know most people are like, "Yo, profile don't mean nothing, bro." Like, tell me who you are, and even if it's in a sentence, mm. like, dude, some people are like, like Saint John has a, a very one sentence bio that's like something very arrogant, like, "Yo, yo, you gonna see about me," and it's just that's that's it. Or yeah. something very simple, yeah. but then like, but I'm talking about like for an up and coming artist, mm -hmm. bro. If I can go to your Insta, I'm sorry. If I can go to your um, yeah, Instagram or Twitter, Facebook, mm -hmm. straight from your Spotify profile, that shit tells me a lot about you as an artist. Mm -hmm. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I'm talking about your seriousness. It's a business, and it, no, it don't. That sounds very light, but you'd be surprised. It, I think it turns fans off. I don't think they know that, but like it kind of does. YB, what do you think, man? What what are some things? What are some things that um you gain respect for an artist? Yeah. Bro? Like I said, versatility. I like versatility. Um, delivery. Um, how a person rides on the beat. The subjects mm -hmm. of the the subjects That's of the good. songs. I I used to be a very very like Kendrick fan. Like I used to love Kendrick. I used to always listen because he's very calculated and he's like he's good at like putting things together as a like a puzzle for like the audience to put together. He just scattered the, he scattered the puzzle everywhere for the audience to put together type stuff. And so, like, that's why I like yeah. from him, man. And you know what I'm saying? It gives you to, it makes you want to listen more. You feel me? So, you know, Kendrick lyrics, all, lyrics, of course, lyrics, artist, being man. lyrically yeah, sound. That is core, you know man. What I'm saying? I don't know, man. I, listen, I, I, I like how Kendrick is getting Grammys. Like, I, I'm never going to be mad when Kendrick is rewarded mm -hmm. for, like, what he does. I'm just not. Because he's that type of dude who should be getting credit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? For what he does and the complexities, the messages, and mm -hmm. the seriousness he puts into his music. I, I kind of want to go with the lyrical stand, standpoint that, that YB mentioned. Yeah. Like, lyrics is a big key for me. Like, 21 Savage got my respect when he started to drop, like, when he dropped, like, a lot with J. Cole. Like, 21 Savage, I feel like, elevated lyrically to a point where it was like, 
okay, more than trap dudes can relate to him. Like he's actually knowledgeable with his words and, and you know, he's talking a little more. There's more structure mm-hmm. in his content, you know. But at the same time, like somebody like a Jay Z. Jay Z came out with reasonable doubt. It was like, yeah, I like Jay Z. I, I I I like it. But I didn't start respecting like put like yo putting mad respect on Jay Z's name to about Blueprint on his catalog, where Blueprint he elevated to a level of like yo, I'm the best. So I think like when they when 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 artists start saying they the best, and then their lyrical content matches. Like Lil Wayne too. Lil Wayne was, you know, always wobbity wobbity drop dropping. He was doing all that stuff. Lil Wayne had his rap verses. But when Lil Wayne started to say, I am the best rapper alive, and his lyrics matched it, I was like, okay, this guy's a true. Yeah, and I mean that's I, I'm with you. I'm with you. But and that's from the rap side. See, for me, in terms of what things that get my attention, mm-hmm. you know, because I look at it for like let's say we're not talking about rap. Listen, what if it was like R&B or pop or mm. some other genre of artists that you like? I just like the growth, the the mm. artistic growth. Like mm. to me, if I could see a steady progression in your approach, mm-hmm. in your music, mm. I start to catch on like, okay, this person is serious about what they're doing. Obviously, the music has to be good, in my opinion, right? Like mm-hmm. mo- nobody's really going to listen to music that's not good mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. You're going to turn it off. But like if I could listen and be like, damn, like. That shit fire, but like maybe the engineering needs to be better. Maybe the mixing needs to be better. Or mm-hmm. and they fix that. And I'm like, damn, like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the bars could have been a little bit more complex based on that beat. Mm-hmm. And then they show it the next time around. I start tuning in even more. Like I those are the types of things that hook me to an artist when I see that growth in them. And I'm and I'm I'm speaking clearly from like a, a rising artist standpoint. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not necessarily talking about like you, you catching a mainstream artist out the gate. I'm talking about like seeing that growth and that vulnerability in their music. Like I can think of people like, let's say Kid Cudi. And I remember early on, like obviously I never, and most people will never consider Kid Cudi a rapper or somebody, a rapidly rap dude. Listening to the vulnerability, listening to his approach, how authentic he seemed in his music. And I saw the complexity in the music. The point is the music was getting better. He was who he is in his music. I rock with that with artists, you know, so, like just so, be you. So let me. Ask I think that's you, the hardest thing to do as an artist. So let me ask be you, yourself. Let me ask you. It's this. The hardest thing. Let me ask both of y'all this then. Did y'all ever have respect for Bow Wow as a rapper? <laughs> at what age? At what age in life are you ever. asking me this? I'm saying like ever. Ayb, I'm gonna let you. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna let you respectfully kick this one off since you are in the heart of where Bow Wow had his career. JD this, is probably your neighbor. What do you think? <laughs> Did Bow Wow um, ever gain your respect? I like, some of Bow wow. I like some of Bow Wow music, though. He, he, made, some, he made some good records. He, had a, he got a good two or three good records. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to knock him. But as in a whole, as in an artist, I never followed him. I'm, I'm never like, oh, I want to be like Bow Wow. Like, nah, never. <laughs> never that. But, but he made some good music, Wait, though. He made before this turns into a Bow he made good music. Yo, before no, this turns into Bow Wow slander, what what is the real question you <laughs> what were getting? Was the at? reason I said that? Yeah, I want to make sure we hit on that. I'm saying like, <laughs> you know, at the, you know, Bow Wow is one of those artists, right? That started out as a kid. He was this kid for little girls. Like he made music for them. Yeah. Eventually, he wanted his respect. So he was hopping in. He was hopping on like them franchise boys song. 
three six mafia. Remember his verse on three six mafia side side that by shit side was hard. remix. It was hard, right? That shit was hard. He was seeking, that's his best verse of all time. He was seeking his respect by trying to improve his lyrics, growing as an artist, and all that stuff. So I asked y'all, did he ever get that respect? He had a he had a he had a moment, but it, it didn't last long. Being real, <laughs> but that that side the side joint, you, nah, he killed that shit. I'm not gonna, like, you, you could probably listen back right now and be like, nah, he killed that. Mm. Okay, I guarantee you, we listen to that that verse right now. Mm-hmm. You would be like, yo, bow out, nah, he yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You was, I guarantee you, would still say that. Mm. So I don't know. Okay, but that was probably the only verse that he had <laughs> where I would say that. Just because he's like I said, he was somebody that actually tried really hard to get the respect of hip hop fans. Did yeah, he but, ever get it? Yeah, but you know, unfortunately, you know, how hard you try doesn't always translate. But I think it's because he he didn't start out writing his lyrics, and I don't think he was ever able to overcome that part. He should have got Chat GPT to help him out with some. <laughs> 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 oh, that might have helped. But anyway, Detroit YB, to be exact, where can the people find you? Um, where can the people find your um, do your own research merch? Talk to him. Um, right now, you can go for Dion Research. You can go Dion Research LLC on Instagram. Um, we just really just hit my DM if you want something. We'll put it together. We're going to put out the website in the next week. That's going to called Shop Dior. So shopdyor.com. That's going to be the website. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can find me, Detroit YB. You can Google me, Detroit YB. Detroit YB Hustle on Instagram. I have my own website, DetroitYB.com. Just Search Detroit YB, you're going to find me. You're going to find music, videos, everything. Mm. Yes, right. sir. And Instagram, Twitter, all that, same thing? They yeah. Same be, thing, D- uh, D- especially Detroit with Twitter. YB. Just The only thing yeah. different is the Instagram, which is Detroit YB Hustle. Everything else, Detroit YB. Yeah, we've reached the end of the show. Appreciate you for pulling up on us. You know, I'm glad we can make this happen. Um, for you for you guys out there watching if you reached the end of this episode and you actually watched the whole thing make sure you hit that subscribe button man like become a a, a member of the wise gang you know uh hit our youtube channel we're almost at i believe 600 subscribers this is the ill-advised wise guys podcast and as always if you're giving advice just make sure it's ill yes sir bow bow bow